love being in a house with people of expectation. Amen. 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 I would much rather be with 10 people full of faith and expectation than a thousand people who don't know whether God would. <laughs> know that he can, because his word says, but actually don't have faith he's going to do it. Amen. And if he did, they'd be surprised. They'd be excited, but it would be a surprise to them. But you get around about, you know, two or three people that's like, we believe God, we make a demand on it. Well, then it'll move mountains. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You'll get right up in the presence of God. And that's where I want to be, right there with him. Amen. Amen. This morning, man, if you weren't here, we had a great time in the word. Amen. I had someone come and testify to me right after first service and says, man, that was the most simple easy way to understand uh, the word of God. I'm so thankful. Then they felt a little apologetic and thought, well, but pastor, you preach good too. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. We all have other styles, you know, and uh, you know, Craig's absolutely a lot funnier than I am. Amen. And uh, man, but we had a great time in the word today. I mean, he said a few things that have set off sermons in me. Yeah. Amen. Seriously, set off sermons in me because that's what should happen. We should come to receive the word and it should set something off in you. Amen. And so again, if you weren't here this morning, Pastor Craig, he works at Rainbow Bible Church. Uh, his parents have been with us, Pastor Ken and Lynette Hagen, for Living Faith Crusades. And I've, you know, been out to Rainbow so many times and we've crossed paths, but you know, we've been more deliberate to connect. And one day we were sitting at the table and I said, man, you need to come minister at the church. And so we set this up, and it's right timing. Amen. Amen. In fact, I'll just tell you how right it is. The Lord spoke to me about some things to come concerning healing that would manifest in this house, in this location. And then he said, but use Pastor Craig to kick it off. Amen. He said that. So when we called and I said, come minister, I told him, I said, I need you to do healing. Because he's on assignment. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So would you give a warm anchor faith welcome for Pastor Craig Hagan. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. It's so good to be here. Thank God it's going to be nicer tomorrow. Um, and even nicer on Tesday. Um, sorry, you know. I didn't mean to bring the rain to you guys. It's been like that at home, though, so it's not my fault. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, what Pastor Earl was saying is that, you know, I, I pray every day that, that God will help me make it more simpler. Because I, I, I believe that so many ministers make it hard. But it's simple. You know, you know it, it's really simple. Amen. I want to start off tonight um, talking about the devil. Um, you know, a, a lot of times, I mean, well, it's, just, it's true. Fifteen years ago, um, I was um, doing some study and, and whatever, and the Lord told me, you know, not a lot of people understand the devil's authority, or, or so-called authority. And, and um, a lot of times, it, they actually blame God for things that the devil's doing. And he says, you know, but I told my people back in, in John 10, 10, you can go ahead and turn there, John chapter 10, verse number 10, exactly what the devil is up to. 
All right? And, um, and, and really, whenever you look at this and actually you think about this, I mean, there's a lot here. And see, I mean, most of you can probably quote the scripture, but it says, the thief, El Diablo, um, does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I have come that they may, may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. Well, most ministers who read the scripture focus in on the abundant life, and that is good. But they forget about the first part, where it says the thief or the devil, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, when it, when it comes to any, you know, I, I grew up playing a, lot, playing a lot of different sports. And, um, you know, whenever we would break down the other team in whatever sport it was, I mean, we would look at their strengths and their weaknesses so we can, we can battle, you know, that. And so we need to know what the devil's strengths are and what he's trying to do. And, um, you know, and understand whenever Jesus was given this scripture, he hadn't died upon the cross as at that point in time. So a little, the game's changed a little bit, but, but, but still, it's still the same. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, you know, it's, stealing is pretty, is pretty, that's pretty evident. When someone steals from you, I mean, you know, but he'll, he'll not only try to steal your money, try to, try to steal your health, he'll try to steal your joy, he'll try to steal your happiness, you know, and then kill that's pretty self-explanatory too. When you, someone kills you, you're, you're, you're dead. And unless you're playing a video game, then you come back to life a few minutes later. You know, but real life, you're dead. But you know what's interesting? It says kill, but all it says kill says destroy. Well, how can you be destroyed after you're dead? But see, to destroy, to destroy someone, you know, to kill someone is to kill someone. To destroy someone is to destroy, destroy their legacy. You know, their, their, their family, their accomplishments, whatever they, you know, their business that they, that they spent 20 years or, or 40 years or whatever producing or, or their ministry or whatever. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Yeah, I mean, that's what he tries to do. He's the one that tries to put sickness on you. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I have found out, you know, um, when you're able to withstand the attack of the enemy because you understand faith, what the enemy does is he shifts over to your family. Right. And he'll try to destroy your family, try to destroy your wife, try to destroy your kids. Try to destroy, because, you know, if the devil's attacking your family, he's also attacking you. Right. You know, and it might be your mom, might you be your dad, it might, you know, it might be your brother or whatever. I mean, he's, he's on the attack. Yeah. But Jesus told us over 2,000 years ago that that's what he's going to do. It's just the devil being the devil. And we have to understand, you know, there's nothing magic here, like I explained this morning. The only way we're going to get rid of the devil is when we go to heaven. The devil's the God of this world. He's been, he's been here since the beginning. Since, since Genesis chapter 1, the devil has been here. And the devil is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still up to the same old tricks. Now, you know, interesting part about it, if we, the Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee from you, but, you know, we have, to know, we have to know it's him before we can resist him. That's right. A lot of people are trying to blame God for things that, you know, you know. So basically, if it's something bad happening to you, it didn't come from God. Bad stuff doesn't come from God. Only goodness comes from God. And we have to understand the source of what's going on. So, so we're, we're, we're teaching healing, you know, so sickness comes from the devil. And the devil has tried to destroy us through our sickness. But you know, you know, what happens is, when it, when it, let's take cancer. I mean, you know, most people's family has been touched by cancer. But when cancer comes in and destroys somebody's life, it not only destroys their life, it destroys their family. You know, especially family members have to take care of them and things like that. And, and then people start questioning, well, does God really heal? 
you know, you know, you know, my, my dad died of cancer. My mom died of cancer. My, my, my kid, my, you know, whatever. And people start questioning God because they're, they don't understand why they died and, and things like that. And, 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 and really sometimes, um, you know, a lot of times I, um, I have found out it's because people get in fear. In fact, I found out a lot of times, you know, people are afraid to go to the doctor and find out what they have. And, and you know, a lot of times if they would have went when it was stage one or stage two, the doctors could have done something about it. But they waited till it was stage four. I, I, there was a minister that, that I know, a healing minister, and, and um, the doctors told him he had cancer, but he got in fear because he was a healing minister and he didn't do anything about it. A, a year later, the doctor said, it's so bad, we can't really treat it anymore. And he called me on the phone. He didn't, he didn't mean to call me. He was trying to get a hold of my grandfather, but I'm easier to get a hold of. All right, so he got a hold of me and me crying. You know, I, thought, I didn't even know, you know, nobody knew anything about this. And he, and he said, Craig, I waited too long. You know, and, and, and I mean, they said, well, we can try chemotherapy and, 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 and stuff like that. But, but see, all this time he was in belief. You know, he thought he was in belief, but, but he was in fear. Faith and fear cannot live in your heart at the same time. You're either in faith or you're in fear. And a lot of people, they, they think they're in faith, but they're really in fear. They're, they're afraid you know, and get out of fear. I mean, you know, President Roosevelt said a long time ago, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And how, you know, and the thing about it, Jesus said right here, he says, you know, bad things are coming, but praise God, I came. It says, you know, I, I came that they might have life and they have, more, have it more abundantly. And that abundant life is for here on earth. You know, see, whenever I was younger, you know, um, I, um, I grew up in the Assembly of God denomination. My, my parents, I mean, everyone, they're from that denomination. And all the songs were about heaven, how good it's going to be once we get to heaven. One fine day, soon and very soon, when the roll is called up yonder, we're going to be there. You know, and, and that's great. I'm sure heaven's going to be awesome. But, but I want to, you know, I, I want it to be good here. See, see, Jesus came so we can have an abundant life here on earth. In spite of what the devil's trying to do. But, but what my point is, is the more you do for God, the more the devil's going to try to attack you. Yeah. You know, so you should expect his attacks. It's just like, you know, if, if you were, if you're a boxer, maybe some of you are, I'm, I'm not. But, if, you know, but if you were to step into a boxing ring, you have to understand that guy's going to come out swinging. That's what he does. So I'm going to have to defend myself. So that's what I have to do. And the way we defend ourselves on a spiritual basis is, is knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Because after Jesus spoke these words, then he went and he died upon the cross and he went down and defeated, defeated the devil and took away the keys. And, and so now we that's come into the kingdom have rights through Jesus Christ. And at the name of Jesus, the demons have to tremble. So we understand our rights. But see, the devil's gonna, still going to try to attack you. Even, even it, you know, it, it says, the Bible says he's seeking who he may devour. He's trying to still devour you, even though he has no right. You know, and if you don't let him in one day, he'll still come back the next day. He's looking for your weak point, so, so you'll come in. Now, it's interesting that the, the New Living Translation, and I really like it because it's new and living. Um, but, but it actually goes a little deeper, it says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Do you realize the devil, his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And one way he, he, he still kills and destroys us is through sickness. 
and disease. And the reason I want to talk about this before, before we talk about healing, let's talk about you know, the, the purpose. Talk about that's what he does. It's just the devil. And so I, you know, once I get a hold of this revelation, you know, when, when things happen, I expect it because, you know, Jesus already warned me about that. But then it goes on to say, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So you have to understand there's two purposes. You know, there's the devil's purpose and, 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 and there's Jesus's purpose. And so, so I line up with his purpose. And you know, I said, you know, Mr. Devil, I, I know this is what you want to, I, I talk to the devil a lot. I mean, I, I do. I mean, I mean, I literally talk out loud to the devil. I don't know how many times, you know, maybe, maybe you wake it up, you're, un, you're, you know, you're under the weather or, 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 or not feeling good. I've said, Mr. Devil, I'm not going to accept this. I don't have to accept it. You have been defeated. See, I, I mean, you know, maybe I shouldn't talk to the devil, but, 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 you know, I'm not afraid of the devil. I know my rights. See, you have to know your rights through Christ Jesus. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you have no rights, you have no authority, and you have to leave, not only leave me, you have to leave my household, you have to get out because you have no right in my house. You have no authority. Now, we left off this morning reading from, from Mark 11, 22, and, and you know, Mark 11, 23, and 24 is really good too, but I want to go back to, to Mark 11, 22. Um, let me find my bookmark. It's, it's better. And I, I know you, you, you know, don't have to turn there. You probably know it, but I want to actually it's, read it. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, so this is Jesus talking, and he said, have faith in God. And, you know, many times people read Mark 11, 23, and 24, and they forget about the way they have to have faith in God. Your faith has to be grounded in him. And if your faith is in him, that's how your healing works. That's, you put your faith in him. And so, you know, one translation actually says, um, you know, have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. So one day I was actually, um, you know, like I said, I, I, like to, I like to figure out what is the God kind of faith? So, you know, I couldn't Google it, so I just, um, I asked God, I said, I said, God, show me the God kind of faith. So, so, so I know the kind of faith they're talking about here on Mark 11, 23 and 24. And he took me back to the beginning. He said, you know, in the beginning, the earth was null and void. And God said, let there be light. So what happened after God said, let there be light? The light came on. Why? Because God said it with his mouth. God believed it in his heart. And God had what he says, and that's the God kind of faith. But notice God didn't say, let there be light, and then gave a $1,000 faith offering to himself, and then the light came on. Nothing wrong with giving offerings, but you don't have to give an offering to get your healing. And I don't care what minister might say, you know, if you give your best offering, you're going to get your best healing. You can't buy a healing. You notice God didn't say, let there be light, and then went on a 40-day fast and began to fast and pray. Nothing wrong with fasting and praying. Nothing wrong with praying real fast. You know, when, 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 you know, you know when the Holy Ghost is really moving because you get the speed tongues coming out. You know, that's, that's called praying real fast. I, I'm better at, fa at praying real fast than I am fasting and praying. Um, but he, did, he didn't pray for 40 days and 40 nights, and, you know, praying fast, and the light came on. The light came on because he spoke the word. And that's how we battle the devil, through the word. 
And like I said, said this morning, you know, when Jesus was tempted, he began to speak the word. He spoke the word. He spoke the word because his faith was grounded in God. Now, a lot of people, you know, say, you know, so I'm not going to read Mark 11, 23 and 24. Most of you, you probably, but it, but it basically says, say with your mouth, leave in your heart and have what you say. And we'll teach on that maybe sometime later or, or whatever, but I, I want to focus on something else. But before I, I move to, to some examples of healing in the Bible, I want to I go back to the Old Testament, to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, um, verses 5 and 6, you know, kind of says this, the, the, the same thing about, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, that's having faith in God. And the next part, it says, and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. I have a lot of times people, you know, they say, well, Craig, I don't understand faith. And you have to understand faith, this works. See, see what happens is, is in, in the day and age that we live in, we have to understand how everything works. You know, you know, it's because you grew up with math teachers. You know, and, and for some, a secret that some of you, I'm sure most of you probably figured out that the answers to like the odd, the odd number questions are in the back of the book. And, and the teachers actually knew that. Anyone realize that, you know? But the teachers would always say, you gotta show your work so, so I know you know how to do it. All right, you know, because if, you know, I had some of my friends, they, they just put the, the answer five, X equals five. Well, yeah, but how'd you get to that point? Well, you had to work the problem out, you know, and, and so, so you have learned all your life to figure out how, how it's going to work. And then if you're in the science, you're figuring out, I mean, how does this work? So, so what people, they get over to faith, they're like, how is this supposed to work? How does it work? You know, but you know, it's, it's not your responsibility to, to find out how it works, your responsibility just to do it. And see, basically, you're putting it on him. Your faith is in him and his power and his might yeah. and his ability. Yeah. Your faith is not in you. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, here's what they do. They, they, they're like, God, especially when it comes to a financial situation, they're like, God, here's my problem. You know, I'm, 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 I'm giving it to you. And then they go home and trying to figure out, well, if I, if I, take five, if I, if I do five different jobs, if I do this, if I do that. So, so they didn't really put their trust in God. They put their trust in themselves. But if you could have figured it out, you wouldn't need God. You know, we only have limited ability. And, you know, I don't know how God's going to do it sometimes. I mean, I, I, I don't know how, but it's not for me to figure out how. It's for me to trust in him. It's for me to say with my mouth, believe in my heart, you know, that, 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 that these things are done. And have what we say, just the God kind of faith. It's like when God said, let there be light. It didn't matter how, how the light turned on, you know. Maybe we had a big bang, like they said, the big bang theory, and the, there was a big bang, the light came on. I, I don't care how it happened, the light came on. Yeah. Thank God I don't have to do anything. I, I just go flip a switch, or, you know, some of the modern day, I do the clap on. You know, clap on, um, 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 you know. Some of you might have a clapper, I don't know. Um, um. Anyway, but the light came on. But here's, here's th this is, I've had people say, you know, I just don't understand how faith works. And I look at them and say, oh, uh, you got it. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I just said I don't understand. Well, the Bible clearly says, and lean not to your own understanding. So it's very clear. You're not going to understand. And see, you're trying to understand something that you, you don't have to understand. Don't understand. Quit trying to understand. Just believe. And that's my point. You have to just believe. You don't have to understand how it works. This is not, this is not a test question. How does faith works? Faith just works. 
it works. Now, actually, um, we, we have a CD series called, called Faith That Works. And so they kept on, you know, I, I'm the one that, that picks most of the, I mean, most of the covers of, on all our CDs and all our book covers and things like that. Now, I don't, I don't draw them, or I just pick them, all right? So, but sometimes I have to go down there and figure out because they just don't do what, what I want. So I walked down into the, to our designer's office and I said, you know, I just think about, you know, a light bulb, it just works. You know, and so actually, if you look at the cover, there's a light bulb. Actually, it's not screwed into anything, but it's on. <laughs> and it's just sitting there like a normal, but, but the light bulb is on. It just works. Yeah. It comes on because you believe. Yeah. And see, it's not you doing anything, it's God doing it. Yeah. And it, it's not you getting your healing, it's God providing your healing for you. Yeah. Because you believe. You can have whatever you believe you can have. It's just that simple. You know, and, and I realize, you know, that you got Brother So-and-So's book, you know, the, the 99 Steps of Faith. You know, and someone, some people, they treat it like, almost like the hokey pokey. You put your right foot in, you put your right foot out, you put your right foot in, and you shake it all about. You know, and then, and then you're like, you know, something, something didn't work. You said, oh, I forgot to put my right elbow in. That was the problem. You know, I was talking about more. Some people are doing the spiritual two-step. They're they're in one day, they're out the next day, or or or, or whatever. You know, quit you know quit dancing around and just it's just that simple. Just believe. Yeah. You know, re- really, you know, you know, as, you know, there is three steps. You know, say it with your mouth, believe in your heart, and have what you say. But really, there's only one step, and that's put your trust in God. Yeah. Just believe Him, and lean not to your own understanding. Quit trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. Because remember, we talked about, you know, today, faith is an unquestioning belief. Quit trying. You know, I have a saying, quit trying to start relying. You just got to rely on him. We got to trust in him. It's all about, it's all about him. And, you know, in fact, we're really nothing. Without Jesus, we're nothing. It's all about him. So I want to look tonight um, from examples of, of God, of, of Jesus healing through faith, um, and I will start in, in Mark chapter five, Mark the fifth chapter, and um, this actually was one of my grandfather's favorite passages. I mean, I probably heard this 500,000 times, um, and, and, and I, I, I just, I love it. One of my favorite things, and it's one with the issue of blood. Um, Mark chapter five, um, starting with verse, I'm gonna start with verse 21. It says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue um, came, um, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now think about this. How exciting is this? Here's this man, Jairus, and he comes to Jesus and said, you know, Jesus, my daughter's sick and she's dying. Will you come minister to her? And Jesus said, yeah. I mean, think how exciting this, this man must be. I mean, how exciting, because man, there, there's not, when your kids are sick, there's nothing that you wouldn't do. All right, so think of, so the reason I'm telling you is, so I want to put a background to what was happening because many people think of one with you about a blood story that Jesus was standing there ministering. He wasn't ministering. He was moving yeah. through the crowd yeah. 
to, to get to this man's house. And, and the reason I want to point this out is because, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they read things in the Bible, but they don't put things in context. I like to put things in context and understand, you know, what went on. There's, there's more to the story than, than just reading it. You know, a lot of times we read the story and we clap about it. Praise God. But, you know, there's more to it than that. So here was Jesus, and it said, the big thing I want you to get, it says, the, a great multitude followed him and, and thronged him. They were all around him. So, you know, it's harder to walk. It's kind of like going to Disney World, on, you know, in, on one of those really crowded days. Like I was there this summer, and, you know, a lot of people are walking. I remember actually after the, um, the fireworks show, um, you know, the, whatever they, they call it, they're at the Magic Kingdom. Man, I started you know, trying to leave the park. And everybody was all leaving the park all at once. I mean, you, you know, you, it was like, you know, people all around you. So I felt like Jesus, you know. Um, oh, they weren't, they weren't trying to get to me. They were trying to get, to, get out the door to try to beat everybody else to the monorail or, what, or whatever. Um, anyway, so now pick up um, verse 25, where most people actually pick up. So now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had. It was no better, but rather grew worse. Now let's think about this. Here's a woman who has been sick for 12 years. 12 years. That's a long time. 12 years. And it said that it kind of indicates she might have had a little bit of money because said she spent all she had. So she probably went to many different doctors. She's probably tried everything. I mean, you think about some of these infomercials and all this stuff. I mean, you put this, I mean, she probably had all kinds of different pills, all kinds of different things and all kinds of different concoctions she's tried. She's tried everything. You know, because obviously the woman wanted to get healed. And, so, and I mean, she spent all her money. And you know, it's interesting, you know, when, when people get sick, you know, they, you know, they, they start Googling or whatever. And, and, you know, I know this might sound gross, but, 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 but if, if you read on, 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 you know, on, on the Internet that if you put cow manure on the sore, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be healed, you would do it if you thought it was going to work. You know, because, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, I mean there, there, people do all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, you know, if they think it's going to work. And so I'm, I'm sure, that, you, know, you know, think about how medicine has advanced. I mean, back in, so we were talking 2,000 years ago, and, you know, and, and, they're, they're, and you realize doctors are still practicing today. I mean, they're, they haven't figured out, they're just practicing. So I'm sure that this person that was practicing, you know, they practiced on her and brought, I mean, trying to figure out how that happened. 12 years she suffered, and she was dying. She was dying. Now, I want to tell you that because people that, that are dying don't want to be hanging around, um, you know, in a multitude of other people. I mean, you know, let's just say you're, you're not having a really good day. You're kind of under the weather. Maybe you're, you're running 102 fever. I mean, you don't say, hey, let's just go to Disney World today. You know, because it, it's like July and 100, you know, it feels like 100 degrees outside. And I mean, you know, why not wait two hours for Space Mountain, you know, because... At least, you know, you're as hot as the temperature on the outside, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, anyway, so, so, so here's this woman. And then I love this verse. It says, verse number 27 says, When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. See, she said it with her mouth. Now, it says that when she heard about Jesus. Now, realize this is Mark chapter 5. We haven't got to Mark 11 yet. But she heard it. And when she heard, she began to confess. 
if I just touch his clothes, I shall be healed. Now, it sounds like that might be an easy thing, but remember, Jesus was a moving target. This is a sick woman. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're sickly, you, you, know, you don't walk as fast as that. Also, there's another problem. Did anybody read the Old Testament, the, the Old Testament law? Because it talks about blood diseases. It says if you have a blood disease, that if anyone comes around you, you're supposed to cry, unclean, unclean. If you, if you read the law of Moses. So for her to even go into the multitude, you know, because at that time, they didn't know, you know, how, how disease spread. It's kind of like some of you that are older might remember back in the 80s, whenever AIDS came in, people didn't know. They, they think it was like cooties. If you touch the person, you might get it. I mean, you know, it was almost like that back because we didn't realize, you know, all, we didn't have all the, you know, the, the technology and, and know exactly how it spread. But, you know, they would quarantine people. And so this woman, it was against the law for her, her to even, even go out. So I'm, I'm just trying to say it wasn't an easy thing. Just because she said, if I just touch but his clothes, I shall be holy, it wasn't easy. But you know what? She's going to do whatever she can do to get to Jesus because she believed. Now, now here's something else. It says when she heard of Jesus. So evidently she must have heard about a testimony yeah. or somebody else might, might've had a blood disease or someone else might've had something and they got healed. That's why I think it's real important to have testimonies. Yeah. You know, and, and, a, and a lot of times, you know, people, it's, it's interesting. People get healed all the time and they don't come and give a testimony. And some of them, they never ever write our ministry or, or, or local church or anything. We don't ever know about it. But you know, I always say, you know, it, it, whatever disease you have, somebody's probably beat it. Right. Yes. And so I like to find good testimony so, so, so that way I, I, you know, I can, you know, find, you know, in fact, one of my favorite testimonies, and this is going to sound weird whenever I first say it, but, but you understand, it is a testimony of Lance Armstrong. You're saying, well, what, you know, Lance Armstrong said with his own mouth that I beat cancer without the help of God. That's what he said. He said, I was able to beat cancer with diet and all this kind of exercise or, or whatever he did. And some people, some people, well, you know, so I tell everybody, I, at the point when I heard that, I said, if I were you, I'd go get one of those Live Strong bracelets, you know, and, and, and remember that. And they're like, well, what do you want to remember? He said he beat cancer without God. Well, my point is, if he can beat cancer without God, how much easier should it be for us? I mean, so you can look at that bracelet and say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to live strong because, because I, I, got, I mean, I got, a, I got an advantage over Lance Armstrong and he beat it without God. Right. So he says, I don't know if he did or not. Right. But the point is some people, I took that as a positive when it could have been a negative. Right. Because if he can beat it without God, how much easier yeah. with God on my side? Yeah. You know, and, and it's not about my diet and exercise. It's about my, my faith in God. Yeah. So here's this woman. I mean, you know, so imagine, I mean, here's this woman, she had been sick for 12 years, and she said with her mouth, if I just touch but his clothes, I, I shall be whole. And so think how exciting it must have been to, to hear that Jesus was walking through her town. I mean, she, he, wasn't at a, he wasn't doing a meeting, he was walking. And so this woman went out to the multitude, and, and he began, she began to push through the crowd. Now, first of all, remember, she was supposed to be, supposed to be crying unclean, unclean, but instead she pushed through the crowd. You know, and like I said, he was moving, so then he had to figure out which way she, he was moving. All, all the, you know, understand he didn't have a microphone or anything. He wasn't preaching. A lot of times you can project people's voice because he's preaching, you know, but, you know, he had, the, he had the, you know, it's probably, she probably was shorter than a lot of other people. Right. So it might have been even hard to see where Jesus was. There's multitudes, you know, a lot, a lot of people around. You know, it's like, 
Like I said, once again, used in the Disney world, that, you know, when your family's over somewhere over here and you're trying to look for them and you're, you know, you're looking around and you're trying to find where they are because there's so many people. She was going to find Jesus. It didn't matter what it took. And she, she went out and she touched the hem of his garment. You know, some people, you know, have explained why she touched the bottom of his garment. I think she was probably crawling on her hands and knees. She probably got to a point and she couldn't get through the crowd anymore because you realize whenever you try to, you know, all these people, they wanted to get close to Jesus. And so for, for her to try to push through, they're going to try to knock her out of the way. You know, what, what's this rude woman trying to do? You know, it, it's just like, you know, if, if you're in line for, for Space Mountain and people are trying to push through the line to get in the front of the mountain, you say, hey, bud, you're not going to get, you're not coming this way. You know, you need to go get a fast pass and go over that way. I mean, you know, or, or, or you know, you're not coming through the, the normal line. You know, I've been waiting here a long time. You know, so, you know, you need to wait your turn. So I'm sure there are people trying to push her out of the way. And I believe that she was on her hands and knees. And she was crawling. And, you know, praise God, when she got to Jesus, it says, it says remember, it says, for she said, if I must touch his clothes, I shall be made well. It says, as soon as she touched him, immediately, verse 29, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. I mean, think about how exciting. It's 12 years she'd been sick. And all it took was one touch of Jesus. Yeah. One touch of Jesus and 12 years of, of suffering and all this stuff, you know, I mean, it was all over. Now, I, I've thought many times, you know, like I said, I believe she was on her hands and knees crawling, you know, because and, and, you know, it wasn't easy. You know, there are probably many other stories kind of like hers, but um, these people said it's just too hard, and they stopped like five feet short of Jesus. And so their story is not written in the Bible. Don't stop short. Do whatever you need to do to press through. I mean, that, it's, it's not the heart. I mean, the, the main part is getting the touch from Jesus. I mean, she did what she, she I mean, she wasn't going to be stopped. She was going to do whatever it took to get to Jesus. Just like I'm sure she, she, she took all kinds of concoctions and medicines, everything else, did whatever, whatever some doctor said, you know, might help her. I mean, you know, I mean, that's a tenacity. You know, because there's a lot of times whenever you're fighting what I call a faith battle or whatever, whenever you don't see, you, you're not seeing the, the results and people around about you say, well, you're, 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 you didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. That's when you have to hold on to your faith. Yeah. And that's when you say, you know what? That faith is my, my evidence. Actually, I pointed out this morning, my evidence actually was when Jesus took the 39 stripes on his back, that was my evidence. Right. That's all the evidence I need because by his stripes, I was healed. Yeah. I'm not going to get healed. I already was healed. Yeah. And so as soon as she touched his garment, you know, remember, multitudes were, were thronging him. And it says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body she was healed of that affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Because, you know, obviously he felt something. And his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? No, so, so I assume, you know, I'm making something that this was Peter. Peter's always, you know, the one's always saying these parts. Like, like Jesus, what do, you, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. He said, yeah, but they're, they're just doing a feels-like touch. 
They want to see what it feels like to touch, touch me, but I felt power went out of me. Power went out of me. Some, someone got something. It wasn't just a feels like touch because but before no power was going out of him. But power went out of me. And so she, he looked around to, to see um, the person who had done this. Um, now see, this, this woman is a lot different than I would be. If I had been waiting for 12 years for my healing, as soon as I touched Jesus, I felt I'd be doing cartwheels. You wouldn't have to ask, who, who was the one who, who touched me? You can see, that's the guy going bonkers over here. That's, that's you know, you know, the fat guy doing cartwheels over there. That, that's, you know, that's it. But he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He didn't say my power has made you well. He said your faith. It's your faith that unlocks the power of God. Amen. All right? Jesus Christ is saying yesterday and today and forever. It's your faith that unlocks your healing. It's what, what do you believe? You have to believe when hands are laid upon you, the power of God will flow into your body to affect a healing and a cure. Because, see, the healing power is still the same. Because Jesus is still the same. It's still the same. See, the only, the only thing is different whether you believe or whether you don't believe, but this woman believed. She not only, I mean, it, it was evident she believed because she was going to do whatever it took to get to Jesus, even in breaking the law. She was going to get to Jesus. And when she touched him, he touched her. It's your faith that unlocks the power of God. If she didn't have faith, you know, a, lot, a lot of people come to healing and, and they, 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 all, all they get is a, is a, a feels-like touch because they don't have faith. See, there's a difference. You can either have faith or not have faith. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe. But, but remember, this whole thing, Jesus was on a mission. He was on his way to, to, to this man's house. Remember that? And when, when this woman interrupted him, you know, and obviously it took a little time, but so, so, so you know, remember, this guy was so excited to think, you know, Jesus is coming to my house to, to heal my daughter. And all of a sudden, um, Verse number 35 says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? I mean, think about how terrible of news to, to hear, you know, my daughter died. And we were on the way there. We were so close. I mean, what if these people wouldn't have thronged Jesus? And what if this woman, I'm glad the woman got healed, but what if this woman wouldn't have stopped Jesus? You know, start playing the what if game. My daughter would would have been well. I mean, I can't imagine the anguish of this man. I mean, you know, to hear those words, "Your daughter is dead." I mean, you know, I mean, I mean that I can't imagine it. Can't imagine. I mean, I mean, you know, some of the worst words you could hear. You know, I, I, I imagine. I mean, you know, he went from being so excited Jesus is coming to his house to my daughter's dead. What am I going to do? You know, and it's interesting. Because um, whenever I've had tough times, this verse right here ha have um, really meant something to me. Because this is what to do when you have tough times. It says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Yeah. Only believe. 
And I tell you, man, when, when things happen, there, there are a lot of times things that happen to you and, and your first reaction is fear. But it's so important. Do not be afraid. I, mean, I don't care what kind of report you get from your doctor. I don't care what, what's happened to your family. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Understand that God's got this. And I don't care what, you know, maybe you made a mess of, maybe you, you, you made a mess, but, but God will clean it up. Do not be afraid, only believe. I, I don't know how many times I've read those words. Do not be afraid, only believe. And, and I tell you, and, and, you know, sometimes, like I said, when you're fighting a faith battle, you know, you'll have, you have, the devil's trying to knock, knock on your door and, and try to put fear in, in, in your mind. And I've turned, I, I, I turned to Mark chapter five and, and, and I like to actually read it over and over again. Do not be afraid, only believe. See, these are, words, these are the words from Jesus. And those words, you know, still, still are the same today. Do not be afraid, only believe. See, he didn't give me any other choice. It's like having done all the stand, we stand. Now, when, when he was saying only believe, he was implying only believe in me, only believe in God. You know, be, you know that, that's, what, that's where our faith is. Have faith in God, only believe. That's all we have to do. He didn't say do anything else, just believe. Now, at this point in time, things change. It, it's, it's interesting how, how, you know, before Jesus was being nice, he's letting the multitudes, you know, talk, you know, throng them or whatever. But at this point, it became serious. And, and he, go, he said, um, so, you know, anyway, let me go back. I, I skipped a thing. So, so, so do not be afraid, only believe, verse 37. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John in the sailboat. No, I'm sorry. It's Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a, 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 a tumult of, of those who wept and wailed loudly. So, you know, at that point in time, he told everybody else, you stay here. In fact, I believe he, 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 you know, he brought three disciples and left nine to, to block the way. Said, you guys aren't getting through. And Jesus hurried to that house. And he only brought people that were going to believe with him. And there are some times, you know, I don't mean to, 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 to you know, to kick people out, our friends out, but sometimes we need to get rid of some unbelief around about us. You know, and I'm not saying you have to get rid of your friendship. You just may not, not be as close because, you know, every time you get around them, all they're doing is, is spouting doubt. And when I realize some of it might be your own family. You know, and, and, you know, I'm not trying to say, but, but, you know, you need to get around people who believe with you, who will stand with you. All right. But so whenever they got there, I mean, think about you. Know, so Jesus, they, they got there and um, there were people weeping and doing all kinds of stuff. It says, and so when he came, Jesus came, he said, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And the interesting part about it is evidently they must not know who Jesus was. Because the next verse, verse 40 says, and they ridiculed him. They were making fun of Jesus. Can you ma imagine making fun of Jesus? The greatest man ever to walk the earth? And you're making fun of him? I mean, didn't they, you know, you know obviously these people didn't have a Bible. And, and we realize that, you know, like I said, there, there those times everyone didn't have the word. They, they, they didn't read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, you were in Mark chapter 5, but there were four chapters before this. I mean, you know, so, so they obviously don't know the, the power he possessed. But you realize the same power that he possesses, the same power that we possess. Yes. 
Because this power is the same. The power is the same. So, so he got there, and so it goes on. You know, they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he, 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 he said, you get out of here. Put them all outside. He took the father, the mother, the child, and those who were with him. He only took the people that, to believe, that, that believed with him. He got rid of all the doubt and unbelief. And I've heard my grandfather said many times, there's been times where he had, you know, was in, in a certain room where there's a lot of doubt and unbelief. And, and he, he, he just basically told everybody else to go home and took this person aside. Because, you know, he, he, he saw that he couldn't do anything with all the doubt and unbelief around about us. You know, um, and, and so there are times. And, I, you know, and, and I'm, don't, don't, I'm not, don't use this excuse to, to, to tell your family members, well, Pastor Craig says, I can't hang around you anymore. You know, because, because you're, you're hurting, you're hindering my faith. You know, there, there is a, a, we can walk in love as well. I mean, you know, you know, you know, there's constructive criticism as well too. I mean, you know, you know, you know the, the, the point is that if something's stopping you, 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 need, you need to stop it before it stops you. You know, so he put them all outside. You know, um, anyway, verse 41, he said, then he took the child by the hand and said to, to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. I mean, think about how awesome that is. Now, I don't know, you know, I know a lot of people are in numerology, but, but it's interesting. The woman had an issue of blood for 12 years, and this child was 12 years of age. I, I don't know what that means, but it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know, I'm not saying that means anything and, or, or whatever, but but, you know, it's just kind of interesting. After 12 years, something, something great happened that same day, a few moments later. But think about this. I mean, I mean, think about, you know, you talk about the emotion that this man had gone through, that, you know, Jairus. I mean, you know, he went from so excited that Jesus was going to come to his house to, you know, despair that his child was dead. And now she was able to see her child alive. I mean, it was up and down, but praise God, in the end, we win. Yeah. And the reason that, we, that he won is because he did what Jesus said. He, did, he didn't fear, he had faith. Yeah. He just believed. Yeah. He just believed. He just believed. Yeah. Now, see, something else, too, is that, you know, healing sometimes is immediate, and sometimes it's a process. I mean, so, sometimes, you know, you get it immediately, I like it like that. That's, that's what happened with the woman with the issue of blood. That's what happened right here to, the, to this girl. But sometimes it's a process. You know, it doesn't matter how it works. What matters is it works. Now, here's something else. You know, you know one day I was kind of thinking about this. I mean, you know, let, you know the way we do things here is it's all on a, on a scale system. I mean, you guys have hurricanes here. Not today, obviously. You know, but you know, it's, it's a scale. You know, you know, you have category one, two, three, four, and five. Now, where I'm from, we have tornadoes. You know, we have the, the F system. I'm not sure who created that. You know, but, you know F one, two, three, four, and and five. Now, now we we at our church, we we, we do a lot of um ministry when people when, when a tornado comes to Oklahoma, which happens a lot. Um, you know, we we go and, and, and try to help these folks or whatever. And you know, so one day I'm helping helping you know and person, and, and, and I, I've just been doing some help on an F5, and when F5 hits, it basically destroys everything. F3 doesn't destroy as much, but I tell you what, 
These people who got hit with an F3 and their house is halfway destroyed, they're going to probably have to tear the rest of the house. And, I mean, it's, it's no comfort to say, well, thank God it was only an F3. The fact of the matter, it, 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 you know, it destroyed their house. Didn't matter what it was and where it was. On the, on the, but, but we're all about scales. It's all about, in, in, in fact, um, you know, you realize you don't need any different faith to be healed from a cold than you do cancer. It's the same faith. Now, the only reason that we think we have to have more faith is because we think it, it, it's a tougher scale. Think, think it's a harder thing. But, but there is no faith. There, there, there's no faith scale. The faith is the same. Amen. And you realize the same faith that, that God had whenever he said, let there be light, is the same faith that I need to be healed of my cold yeah. or to be healed of my cancer. It's, it's just that, that simple. But you realize so when someone has cancer, I mean, you know, they have stage one, two, three, four, and, and five. And, you know, they didn't start out with stage five. It was a process. And so just like healing sometimes, I mean, the cancer is not a process, sometimes the healing is a process. You know, it slowly gets better and better and better and better. You know, why does it happen? I, I don't know why it happens that way sometimes. But see, that, that's when you have to only believe. That's when you have to not have, fe- not, not have fear, but just believe. You know, and, and a lot of people, they get mad because it's a process. You, you know, do you realize it doesn't matter how, you know, what happened, you know, you know, once you get your healing, it doesn't matter. You're, you're going to forget about how long the process took. It doesn't matter. Now, some people think, well, it's according to your faith. And, you know, just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Do not be afraid. Only believe. And man, I, I tell people all the time, I said, when hands laid upon you and, and, you know, you go home and you wake up the next morning, you feel the same and just say, thank you, Father, that the healing power of God is working in my body to affect the healing and a cure. Thank you, Father, that I am healed. You know, I already got the evidence. 39 stripes was the evidence. You know, because the devil tried to say, um, you didn't get anything. Well, what immediately? See, the, the power of God's working in my body to affect a healing and a cure. God cannot and will not fail. Only, only person that can fail is me because I quit believing. Now, there's two ways you can quit believing. You quit believing because you quit believing, and you quit believing because you get in fear. And that, the number one reason why I, why I see people die is they get in fear. They get in fear. Do not be afraid. You're like, but, but you don't understand what the doctor said. I, you understand I'm telling you what Jesus said? Yeah. What Jesus said is more important than what the doctor said. Yeah. You, do you want to put your faith and trust in a doctor or, or in Jesus? Now, I mean, doctors are smart and doctors, you know, I mean, you know, they, have, they have, you know, lots of knowledge, but Jesus has more knowledge. God has more knowledge. And I don't have to know how it's going to work. All I have to do is believe. All I have to do is believe. It's my responsibility not to be afraid, but only believe. And the reason we're talking about a process here is because, because some people, they lose their faith because they don't get healed instantly. It's kind of like the guy we talked about this morning that, you know, because they had to wait five minutes for their hamburger, they were mad about it at McDonald's because it's supposed to be immediate. And some people, you know, if they don't get the immediate, but, but, but Jesus actually and, you know, when we look at other things, you know, some people were healed as they win it, the Bible says. Right. You know, there, there were times where, where, where Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And whenever they went, when they walked away, they looked the same. 
But by the time they got to the priest, and, and, and we think, well, they walked down the street to the priest. They, might have, they probably had their own priest at their own hometown. They might have had to walk you know, back to another city to find their priest. You know, it wasn't like, you know, and you realize these people didn't have cars. I mean, you know, they might have had a donkey or a horse or something like that, you know, and, you know, few, few rich ones might have had some kind of carriage or something, but, but, but most of them, they were on foot. You know, so it took a while to get to the priest. You know, and sometimes, you know, I, I'm assuming, I don't really know the way it worked, but I'm assuming you, you need to go to your, to your priest, the one that pronounced you, you know, you know, with leprosy or, or whatever they, whatever it was, and so so that they can they can prove that you're you've been you've been healed. But so sometimes, and so people think it was always immediate. Which he said wasn't always immediate. Sometimes it was a process. You know, um, you know, sometimes it, it, it takes a process. But the main point is your faith has to stay the same. It's the same. I mean, every day you wake up. I remember one day, um, I um, decided that I wanted a new car. <laughs> I didn't have the money for a new car. I had a pretty, you know, I, and I had a good car, but there was, you know, I used to read Road and Track magazine and Motor Trend magazine, and there was a car coming out that I really wanted. You know, the Bible says we can have desires of our heart. And so that was desire of my heart. You know, did I need, you know, my, my, did I need a new car? No. Did I want a new car? Yes. And so I decided to take a, a step of faith and I'm going to believe for my new car. Every day, multiple times a day. Now, now back to that time, we didn't have screensavers on our phone or whatever, but I guarantee you, if it was, I'd have a picture of that car on the screensaver phone. You know, I actually... Took a, at the time, I took, I took a picture of Motor Trend magazine. I put, hung it up on my mirror of the car I wanted. And now when I first started believing God, the car wasn't even out. But then, you know, then they started showing up in my, in my hometown. And I'm thinking, you know, instead of getting mad, you know, I, I, every, every time I saw that kind of car, I said, thank you, Father, for my new car. So excited. You know, everything was, this was a process. But, man, I thought about it every day. I, I thought about it multiple times a day. I mean, you know, I, I, I would get excited about my new car because the only way it was, I was not going to get a new car is if I stopped. So in my process about, um, um, I don't know, like seven months in the process, I'm there at Raymond. I'm, you know, I'm a, by this time, I'm, I'm a teacher on, on staff. And one of our other teachers, you know, he was there. And, and so uh, a, a Raymond graduate visited, you know, his class. And then afterwards, they took him outside and gave him the keys of a brand new Corvette. You know, and um, I wasn't believing God for a Corvette, but I would have took one. You know? <laughs> and so, so this teacher, so, you know, so, I mean, you know, that's pretty exciting. Brand new, you know, that was, it was yellow. I wouldn't, wouldn't really want a yellow Corvette, but I would have took it, you know. Um, I mean, brand new, we're talking about, I mean, the guy went and bought it off the lot, and, and, and he, um, he brought, it, brought it there. And so, you know, my first thought, I started getting mad. And then I come, I asked his teacher, I said, Do you believe, have you been believing God for a new car? And he goes, no. <laughs> so then I wanted to get even madder. I'm, I'm thinking, 
Because see, now, now here, here my, my faith was, you know, if, if anyone was to give me money, you know, because mom's secret to spiritual hand, say, I'm, you know, I'm going to put that on a new car. I, I don't know if it's going to come from multiple people. I don't know if it's going to come from one. I don't know how it's going to come. That's not, my, that's not my problem. My problem is it's coming. So I'm seven months into the deal every day, multiple times a day. And, I, and I'm, all, I'm pretty excited, you know, because I know it's coming. How's it going to come? I don't know. I didn't get a raise. I didn't get anything. I, I, you know, I don't you know. You know, because if I got a race, I probably would have went and bought the new car. I mean, that's, you know, this, it's, it's, you know, and, and I could have went in debt to get it, but I, I didn't want to because, you know, because God loves me and he wants to provide for me. So lo and behold, this guy gets a new car. So, so my first thought was to get mad. And then all of a sudden on the inside, you know, I, I hear this, rejoice. Rejoice. You know, and I found that sometimes, you know, when we're going through a, a you know, when some, someone gets healed and we, we get mad because they got healed because we're still going through a process. But, but the Lord said, rejoice with this man. But not only did I rejoice, I also called next. You know, if, if you've ever played, you know, played pickup basketball or whatever, you know, we, we, or, 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 you know, I've seen, seen it, you know, people play pool or used to, when I was a kid, it was arcade. You know, I got next game. I got next game. I called next car. So nobody else is going to come. You know, so, but you know, I rejoiced with him. I went and took a ride with, you know, you know, in his car, and I was excited with him. And, and it's pretty awesome. Someone bought you a brand new Corvette. That was pretty awesome. You know, and, and it wasn't a um, few months later, nine-month process, and, and somebody called me on the phone, told me, said, you know, I'm gonna, you know gave me a dollar figure, that, you know, said, go pick out a car. And it was the dollar figure that I needed to get the car that I wanted. And, 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 and it, it, was, it, it was a pretty big dog figure. And we, and we, it, it was a Lexus, so it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a cheap car. All right, you know, but praise God, God provided. Yes. Now, you realize at any point in time in the process, I could have stopped, and I wouldn't have received it. I could have said, oh, it's too hard, or, you know, so it's not going to happen. I mean, I guess God doesn't love me, and, you know, I, I know. But I kept, so, you know, sometimes healing's a process, but man, I never lost my joy. I, always, I was excited every day. And I tell you what, you, you just have to know that your God loves you. Yeah. You have to, to, to know that, that the, the Bible you know, doesn't lie. It says, by his stripes, you were healed. And I don't care how long the process takes. It doesn't matter. And, and really, in the whole, let's just say, I mean, I mean that nine-month process, you know, you know now, um, you know, almost 30 years later, didn't seem like it, it was like no time. Now, I understand if, it take a, if it's a nine-month process for your healing to manifest, it might feel like a long time there, but, but 30 years later, it's like that was really no time. That was really, see, see, see you know, sometimes we think about time because, because you know, somebody, maybe you had suffering, maybe you're in, in, in some pain, but you know what? Man, I always keep a good attitude. Keep a good attitude. You know, you know, now something else too is every time I, I go to a doctor, I, I ask the doctor, okay, what needs to happen? I mean, what, what, what numbers need to change or, or, or whatever? So, and, and, I, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll say, thank you, Father, that, that, that these numbers are changing. Yeah. You know, but you know what? Even if I go to the doctor and get a bad report, I mean, whose report am I going to believe? Right. I mean, you know, I'm not going to let something bother me. And, 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 and I don't know that the Lord just really just put that on my heart because 
some of you will come down here, it might be still a process. Do not lose your faith. Do not be afraid, only believe. Every day, wake up and say, thank you, Father, that I'm well, that I'm whole. In fact, I mean, if you have pain throughout the day, say, every time I feel that pain, I thank God I'm well. If you have to take medication, every time you take medication, thank Father, I'm not have to take this anymore. Now, now, some of you might, might be an instant you know, thing, and praise God, either way, it's still, it's, still, it's still God. Now, I don't know why it's a process sometimes. I, I don't know. But I don't know. I, did, I just felt, you know, you know to, to, God laid it on my heart. Because that wasn't really, I wasn't going to talk about a process, but sometimes it is. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. But I'm telling you, remember the devil is there to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and he's going to try to get you to be afraid. He's going he's to try to, to tell you it's not going to work. He's going to try to tell you that it ain't happening. And, and I'm talking to, you know, about healing, but this could be a financial situation, what, whatever it might be. You know, it doesn't matter what the devil says. The devil's a liar anyway. The Bible clearly says the devil's a liar. Why do you believe a liar? It's just like you probably have some friends, you know, maybe they're real friends, maybe they're virtual friends, you know, they're your Facebook friends or, 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 or whatever. And you know what they say, that, you, know, you know, they might be semi the truth, but they kind of exaggerate. I, I had this friend, his name is Bill. All right, I went, I, I, I went to grade school with Bill. I went to junior high with Bill. I went to high school with Bill and Bill never changed. He was always an exaggerator. I mean, I mean, didn't matter what you, whatever you happen, you know, you've got or whatever, you know, him or his family, you know, has something better. You know, the funny part, I'm like, hey, Bill, can you show me that, you know, you know, you know I, got, I got this train set. And it was, I'm really excited about it. It says, oh, my dad has, a, you know, he has this huge elaborate train set, you know, he has in the hobby room. So I'm, so I'm over Bill's house. I'm like, Bill, can we go to the hobby room and see your, your dad's train set? Oh, he keeps that locked. We, we can't even, kids can't even go in there because he don't want anyone to touch his train set. And I'm like, dying. So Bill, I mean, you know, he, he didn't always lie, but he exaggerated. Kind of like a lot of, a lot of evangelists I know. You know, um, you, know, well, you know, you guys live here in the ocean. I'm sure some of you go deep sea fishing, you know, and, you know, and, and, and you, you, know, you say, I caught one this big when it really was like this big, <laughs> you know. But this, this big is no, no big. When we're talking about the ocean, we're, you know, we, we need these big things or whatever. You know, but, you know, my point is, at least you caught something. I know some people go out in the ocean and catch nothing. You know, so, but, but you know, if someone's an exaggerator, th- then you, you kind of, to understand that eventually, not to believe them. Right. So the devil's a liar, so eventually you, you need to kind of laugh about it and quit believing him. Right. Because I already know he's a liar. Yeah. Jesus already told me he's a liar. So why do I believe him? You know, the, the devil is the original, originator of fake news. Way before CNN, we had the devil. And you realize that's what he does. I mean, and basically, that's what he, he tries to tell you what, you know, you know, what he says is going to happen. All right? You know, but it's, it's like, remember ever playing the game Simon Says? You know, and if, you know, but when Simon doesn't say... It, it, it does, it's not true. And, you know, so the devil's like the guy that, that tries to trick you, you know, and, and, and he says it whenever Simon didn't say it. See, God's like Simon. And I don't know who, who Simon is. I don't even know why we have a dumb, dumb stupid game. 
Simon says, you know, Simon says, hold your breath. <laughs> Sometimes you need to breathe, but anyway, um, but um, it's just, you know, quit listening to the devil. Quit entertaining his thoughts. And, you know, see, I understand, you know, sometimes the devil will put thoughts in your, it's, it's kind of like, remember the cartoons and, and, and you'll have an angel on one shoulder, a devil on the other shoulder, and they'll be talking to, you know, that's how it really happens. <laughs> Except for really, the, the thing about it is when, when we're born we're again Christian, I mean, the angel's not on the shoulder, it's here on the inside. Yeah. And when you know the word, see what happens is when the devil begins to talk, all of a sudden the word begins to rise on the inside. Yeah. And you say, well, yeah, but devil, I, I know what you say, but you know what the Bible says. Right. The Bible says, the Bible says, it's written. And, and so, you know, that, that, so we have to know the word. Like I said, you know, the number one reason why people do not get their knees met or they don't get healed is they don't know the word. Yeah. You got to know the word. Yeah. Daily, daily confess the word. Yeah. But Jesus is the healer. Not only is the healer, he's already healed you 2,000 years ago. Yeah. By his stripes, you were healed.